You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in episode 41 of the Really Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, uh, let's get a pulse check here. Let's get a State of the Union. Obviously, a slow time uh, in the sports world. Nothing much happening. Uh, basketball, hockey are rolling, obviously, in the regular season. Baseball is coming up, and obviously, we're kind of in a dead period for the NFL, even though we have a few you know, NFL topics. It certainly will be an NFL-heavy show as our uh, – podcasts usually are Aaron but uh how we feeling my friend feeling good man feeling good definitely uh JJ Watts taking the the headline of, of this show and obviously of uh Daniel's background there looking looking pretty uh, outdated in the uh in the in the yeah. Houston uniform you know yeah he's got the, he's got the Texans I, I was trying to find the pic of him with the bloody nose didn't want the kids at home to, to really get scared <laughs> and have nightmares by that but uh, for those who have seen that picture, you know, it's been circulating on Twitter. And you know, every time he is in the headlines, it circulates on TV. Sports Center, I think they have wet dreams to that picture. Uh, so, yeah, J.J. Watts, certainly, Aaron, you, you put it on a tee for me. I think I hit it right down the fairway. Uh, but we'll, we'll transition right, in, right into him. And now for today's topics. Two-year deal, obviously, with, with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we're $31 million overall, 23 mil. Big two three mil guarantee, which is surprising to me. Uh, my my quick thoughts here, and then we'll kind of open it up for a debate. I, I thought he'd probably go home, maybe to, to back to Wisconsin. I thought he would ring chase, uh, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago. Or I thought he'd go back to and play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. So this one to me was was kind of a shock. Um, we can get to kind of their D line and how they're going to look and shake out with Jones and maybe if they re-sign Reddick um, and kind of his role within their defense, but. Um, was this a surprise kind of to you, uh, you know, seeing that he signed the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, surprised to say the absolute least. I mean, I didn't even, um, obviously you can talk about like the connection with Deandre Hopkins, uh, you know, former teammates, uh, appears to be pretty close friends now, uh, after all this, you know, who, who really knew, I know at the very beginning of, of JJ Watt going on the market, um, you know, Deandre Hopkins said something about him, you know, coming to Arizona, but that's really the, the extent of, of what, um, you know, the conversation was as, as far as like the public was concerned, but um, yeah, definitely shocked me. thought he was going, uh, I told, I told you a couple of weeks ago or, or just a week ago, I, I said, Buffalo, I just, that's what my yeah. uh, gut feeling was just cold weather city, good defense uh, team on the rise, a team that is definitely, you know, has the potential to compete for a ring. 
Um, but definitely uh, took everybody by storm. And, uh, you know, one thing about J.J. Watt that I will always appreciate is his creativity just with the post where he said he was like, the source was me. Uh, you know, yeah. no one else really reported this. I just did this on my own. I think that's savage. I hope more players do that because it just makes it more interesting. I mean, that was a, a bombshell news uh, news article, like, you know, just basically a news alert that J.J. Watt went to the Cardinals. I, I had no, no idea that was going to happen. No idea they were even in the running for him. But, um, you know, good for him on the money. Uh, dude definitely got paid, uh, got the money, got the bag, got the – the coin, the cash, the bread, whatever you want to say. Uh, he got it all. And, uh, you know, not a bad team by any means, but uh, right. not not one of the teams like, you know, I, I would pick or I'd even put any type of odds on to win the, win the whole thing. I, I don't think that's really a, a realistic possibility, at least right now. But, um, yeah, you got, yeah. He, he got the money, and, and he's in a hell of a lot better organization as far as, like, the you know, right now is concerned than, you know, where he left, obviously. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think he's he's obviously got to be over the moon. Um, Cardinals are a sneaky team. Uh, I think the past couple of years, obviously, getting uh, Hopkins last year was a shock to everyone. I think getting you know Watt this time around was was a shock to everybody as well. Uh, just going back quickly to his his announcement um, and kind of how he you know posted on Twitter, obviously that he himself was the source breaking this this free agency news and his free agency destination. Um, I guess there was a burner account, uh, like a burner Peloton account, if if that's a thing. Um, so someone had the the username KJ Watt on Peloton, <laughs> and then in the description it said SB fifty six Super Bowl fifty six, and then said uh, Packers, Steelers, and Bills. I think, or maybe it was Raiders instead of Bills, like the final three teams that he was considering. Um, so that came out. I guess it was what yesterday morning. Um, uh, and then basically a couple hours later, he was like, I don't even own a bike. <laughs> I don't even own a Peloton or something. He tweeted. And then uh, a couple hours later, obviously he tweeted him squatting, of course, has to tweet himself in the weight room um, with that Cardinal shirt on that, that you just mentioned. But um, I also read too, that apparently he had his friend buy like four or five of the shirts that, you know, the teams that he was considering. So he could <laughs> kind of have them on hand when he was going to make his announcement. So uh, got him shipped to a buddy's house, which kind of, uh, I guess, got people off the trail, if you will, or or didn't get people on on his trail. Um, so I thought, I thought that was it was pretty creative. But uh, Field Yates for for ESPN was the guy that tweeted out uh, the Peloton burner account. So sometimes the big J's get burned, uh, and this was a classic case of that once again. Yeah, you, that just brings up uh, you know something that that came that I thought about. I hope like the next time a player does this same type of situation. Like he almost dupes a team. Like I wish he would have came out and had like a Raider shirt on. And then like, he just shows up in Arizona, <laughs> like just, just to like toy with the media. Like I would love. It's, to it's a Trevor Bauer special. <laughs> you hear about, you hear about what Trevor Bauer did with the I Mets? did. I did. I hear we about probably, that. We yeah. probably talked about that to be honest. I'm just such a mush brain that I forget, but that hey, would have been hilarious. Good. Dude. I, I just want to see like people toy with the media toy with like, you know, especially if it's a team they don't like, like, let's say, you know, a player goes to free agency, they hate the Cowboys, but then they're like, I'm going to the Cowboys, everybody. And like, it's a news break and everything. And then an hour later, they're like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm going to the, the Rams. You know what I mean? Like that would be, that would be the troll God. Like you, you would automatically be in the hall of fame in my book. Like that would be just spectacular. But um, yeah, it was cool. I, I, I definitely, I liked the way that the news broke. It was so much different than like, you know, any free agent signing that, 
right. has gone on and, and really in, in recent history or, or history in general, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, good for him. Like I said, he got the, he got paid, he got, uh, you know, I don't know if there was another team. I, I know on a couple other sports shows, they were talking about how I think the Arizona Cardinals probably like competed with JJ Watt and JJ Watt only with that money. Oh. Um, I don't, so you're I don't saying it was, uh, they were negotiating against themselves. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know wow. if anybody else, I don't know, man, that's 23 million guaranteed for a guy that, you know, hasn't been extremely healthy. I would say the last five years with, with all due respect, you know, I, I like the guy. I like, I like him as a person. Um, but you know, he, he's been kind of banged up. He's had like a couple back surgeries. I want to say, uh, some lower lot of surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, he, he definitely is one of those guys. He brings a, a whole brand with him, and, and for the defensive side of the ball, that's that's not a common thing. Um, he definitely will at least put some asses in some seats if they have, you know, full full uh, full attendance. Yeah. You know, this coming regular season. So, um, I mean, it makes sense, uh, but I don't know that they were also talking about how the, the Cardinals already have a, a really good front four, and now that yep. that might give them some some problems as far as the cap in signing you know, other defensive players that were on the squad last season. So we'll see how it shakes out. Good guy, obviously. And, and he got his money and, and ultimately he's going to a, a very good weather city. Uh, unlike Green Bay, unlike Buffalo, unlike uh, Cleveland, like the, the three teams that I thought were in the running for him at, at one point. So. Yeah. Arizona's sneaky gorgeous. Um, would love, would love to get out there one day. Maybe JJ Watt wouldn't invite us out for a game, but sure. uh, he, he escapes the Houston purgatory. Um, somebody that is not yet escaping the, the Houston purgatory, unless we do a Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson trade straight up. Um, we'll be missed. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be Mr. Watson. Um, uh, this is turning into a weekly, uh, almost bi-weekly Deshaun Watson update, Aaron. Um, Came out a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. He met with the new head coach uh, of the Texans, David Culley, uh, reiterated to Mr. Culley that he would not like to play for the team this season. Um, nothing nothing crazy there, nothing earth-shattering. Earth we just wanted to, to mention it because um, anytime you kind of get a regime change, um, there was all the reports of him not getting along with Bill O'Brien, you know, him not getting along with the old GM that was there. Um, no one really knew kind of how he was going to react to Nick Casario, to David Culley. No one really knows his relationship with Jack Easterby, obviously the guy that's been rumored to behind to be behind all of this dysfunction. Um, but we do finally get the first piece of news here that he does meet with a new regime, meets with the coaching staff, and just reiterates to them, puts his foot in the ground even further, that he does not want to play uh, for that team moving forward. So, I mean, if, if I'm the Texans, if I'm Nick Casario, I think you're going to say all the right things to the media. You're going to say, no, we're not trading him. We're not going to answer the phone. Uh, if I'm Joe Douglas and the Jets, I'm going to text him, call him, Facebook message him, send a carrier pigeon, whatever I have to do to get a hold of Nick Casario. But that's a story for a different time. Um, if I'm the Texans, I think behind the scenes, you probably have to start considering some trade offers and uh, really, really resolve this uh, situation before you kind of screw your franchise um, out of a decent deal coming back. Because I feel like the further along um, the situation drags out, I think the worse it is for, for Houston, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you hit yeah, exactly what I was going to get into is, you know, if this goes into, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of March, if this goes past the NFL draft, you know, into uh, even the camps, the mini camps, the OTAs. I mean, you're, you're going to get less for him the longer you wait. Exactly what you said. 
you know, you took the words out of my mouth on that one. So, you know, not much to, to really say. Um, I know it came out quite a, quite a while ago, probably a month, month and a half ago, that he would rather go to the, uh, the Jets than the Dolphins. So, I mean, yeah, if you're Joe Douglas, like you can't let this opportunity skip you by. Um, you know, you don't want to give up the, the entire farm for him. You don't want to give up, you know, everything that you got um, and unload for him. But at the same time, like if you're telling me, you know, I have options between Sam Darnold next year, uh, a quarterback in the draft or Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm taking Deshaun Watson seven days a week. He's already established in the NFL. He's been pretty healthy for the most part in the NFL. And he threw for what, like over 5,000 yards or something like that last season. Like, yeah, most, led the league in passing. I yeah, forget the exact number. But most most yards in the league, exactly. So, I mean that that's he's he's a few good players away from, I think at least being consistently in the playoffs, consistently leading your team in the right direction. Um, I've been a Deshaun Watson fan since he was at Cle, uh, Clemson. I just I can't stand Alabama, so I always pulled for Clemson. So, um, yeah, I mean I I'm all I'm all you know if you get. If you guys get Deshaun Watson, I'd be more than happy for you. I think he's uh, elite talent, elite. Um, like his potential is just the ceiling, in my opinion. I've, I've always been high on him. I've been higher on him than like Lamar, um, you know, you name it. Uh, you name another quarterback. Other than like Justin Herbert, I think that kid's a stud. But uh, I'll take Deshaun Watson over Lamar to, uh, I mean, probably Josh Allen even. I would take just yeah. the potential, the – the uh, yeah, the, the sky's the limit for Deshaun Watson. I've always I've always thought that ever since college that he can he can seriously play and and he always passes the eye test for me. Like no matter who they're playing, that guy he he'll make plays and, and he'll really stand out on the field. He's almost like a to me he's always been a more accurate and a more mobile quarterback than like a Donovan McNabb. I think he's like Donovan McNabb 2.0, and he's better. Wow. Donovan, that's high praise. That's I high dude, praise I just coming from Aaron. I think if if you surround him with the right talent, he, he he's only going to bring you victories. That's that's how I look at it. You heard it here first, folks. Aaron will become a New York Jets fan if Deshaun Watson goes to New York next season. Uh, yes, yeah, st- stating the obvious here, the Texans need to get back a legit quarterback or a high draft pick in return so they can dr- so they can draft the quarterback. The Jets, Miami, probably the only two teams that have the arsenal um, that I'd really start for a trade. I'm I'm being completely biased here. If if I felt in my heart that the Jets didn't have a, enough um, to be able to offer a legit package to the, to the Texans. I wouldn't bring them up. Um, I know the Panthers have been mentioned a decent amount um, with potentially Christian McCaffrey going the other way, among other things. Uh, they have Bridgewater, I think, for another year, maybe a couple of other years. Uh, I doubt the Texans would really want him. Uh, he's basically a boneless Sean Watson anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, And they have the eighth pick in the draft. So at eight, could you get Justin Fields? Could you get Trey Lance? Maybe. You know, would I take Mac Jones that high? Absolutely not. Um, so to me that, you know, you're kind of, I mean, we talked about with the Eagles kind of drafting a quarterback uh, last week or two weeks ago, you're kind of in uh, a little bit, of, a little bit of a no man's land there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, do I think he'll get traded? I, I'm still saying no, but ultimately I think the further we go along and the more and more we hear coming out of his camp and, and his refusal to play for the team, I think, the pendulum kind of swings the other way and continues to kind of move um, up the board a little bit. So certainly a situation we'll continue to monitor Um, yet another quarterback situation that needs to be monitored and is worth bringing up. I think Russell Wilson, Aaron, in this, in this drama, certainly 
to me, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, for some reason, the story over the past couple of weeks has continued to get more and more steam. Um, there's a story in The Athletic last week that came out that Russ uh, is pretty unhappy um, with the team and the franchise in Seattle has been pretty unhappy for a few years. Um, I think it all stems to kind of this year at the Super Bowl. He won uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, got to sit with Roger Goodell and his wife in the stands, watch Tom Brady, a guy who he played against in the Super Bowl seven years ago, um, go on to win his seventh Super Bowl. I think back in 2014, um, you know, when the Seahawks lost that second Super Bowl, um, probably going through his mind is, A, you know, I'm going to get back here soon enough. B, we're kind of positioned well to go on um, and kind of secure our dynasty status and, and kind of go down as one of the all-time greats in terms of his quarterback play. That obviously has not happened. I think a lot of things have not gone to plan. Um, had some run-ins with Pete Carroll, had some run-ins with the offensive coaching staff, and ultimately I think it's kind of come to a, a head this past season and this off season. So um, what, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Is, is this, you know, a classic case of a quarterback maybe trying to get some more money, you know, just get his name out there, get people talking about him, or do you think he's actually legitimately serious about trying to move on from, from that franchise? I think, yeah, I think, I think he gives Seattle like the ultimatum, either you guys start protecting me, either you guys, you know, really prioritize me as, you know, one of the guys in the, in the league that is at the best, you know, one of the best of the best at the position or, you know, basically I, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm trying to get on a, on a team that's going to compete year in and year out and, and be competitive for, for a Super Bowl. So I, I think, you know, you bring up a, a great point. I think him watching Tom Brady win yet, yet another one, I think he's one of those guys he wants to be up there uh, mentioned with those guys, you know, he, he's a guy that, consistently is going to give you over 30 touchdowns, you know, hardly ever throw picks. Um, you know, I, I did listen to a little segment on, on Undisputed today about how Russell Wilson over the last like 11 games in the regular season, he was just about, I think it was 14th in QBR or something like pretty middle of the pack as it, as it goes to uh, as it goes along the, the last part of the season there or the, the you know, half the season, basically a little, yeah. little more so then, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's, He's kind of he's either voicing his opinion of, of you know disgust and and you know not being satisfied with how the organization's being run and how he's being protected. I think that's a big part of it. But at the same time, I think you know where where there is smoke, there's fire. And and you mentioned that the story just keeps picking up steam. I, I think if this would have went away in a week, then I would say he's definitely a lock to be in Seattle this coming season. But you know, I, I think you know there's definitely a chance that Seattle at the very least shop some around, see what, see what they can get for him, see what the market is going to, you know, give up for him. And, and, you know, maybe they, you know, squeeze on one of these opportunities, um, you know, but you know, Dan and I, we're going to get into that as well, as far as like, what would yeah. we give up and, and, you know, what, what do you think that Seattle would want for him at, at his current stage of his career? Yeah, no, it's certainly. Um, yeah. We'll certainly get to it you know, what we'd give up in a Wilson trade, what we'd give up in a Watson trade. That's a little bit of a teaser here for you in a little bit. I think the Brady uh, comparison is certainly worth worth mentioning. You, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, basically able to go down to a team that's accepting of him in Tampa Bay, basically able to pick his own team. A guy like Gronk goes there, Antonio Brown, uh, Fournette has a great offensive line. I think Wilson, if he was more involved with personnel, more involved with game planning, um, I think he would certainly be a happy camper. Um, 
Antonio Brown was a the guy they worked out in Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson was kind of grooming him a little bit to come back, kind of helping him out, get back in his feet a little bit. Uh, ultimately, you know, I probably would have done the same thing, but Seattle passed on him. He goes down and wins a Super Bowl in Tampa. Obviously, Brown wasn't that big of a factor, I would say, in, in getting them a ring. But I think anytime he's on the field, you certainly have the game plan for him. Um, it can take attention away from other receivers on the field. Um, there was a story, you know, part of that article in The Athletic came out that um, before their Thursday night loss to the Cardinals last year, he basically came in um, to a game prep meeting with a bunch of these notes, a bunch of different plays, strategies, things like that, just an overall game plan of how he wanted to attack the Cardinals. And basically Carroll was dismissive, um, wanted to run the ball along with offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, even though they have continually had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, Ross ended up storming out of that meeting um, and was just fed up. But, you know, that's whether that's confirmed or not, that's what was in that article. So I, I think it's worth mentioning here that I think it does – really stem from a, from just really not being listened to, really not having as much of a voice in the organization as a lot of other quarterbacks do. Um, I think Brady is a good example of, of a guy that has continually um, shown that he can play at a high level, but also got, got his own wish kind of and got to pick his own team to a certain extent um, um, this year. So getting to – I guess some teams that potentially could, could trade for him. What, what did you see um, or which teams did you see that could potentially uh, make a move or, or have this, have the stat, uh, have the, the packages, I guess, to, to trade for him and which teams would he accept to trade to as well? Yeah, I thought that was, that was really interesting for him to come out and well, not Russell Wilson himself, but I, I think it was his agent from what I'm, you know, putting together here. It seems like it's, it's his agent who's, really igniting the, igniting the flame on this whole, like, you know, him getting out of there perhaps uh, this off season. So um, basically it's a, it, according to ESPN, uh, you know, he has not demanded a trade at this time, but his agent, Mark Rogers told um, basically the media, uh, you know, to make a long story short that he wants to play in Seattle, but if a team, if a trade is considered, Uh, The only teams he would willingly go to are the Cowboys, which I pray to God that doesn't happen. Uh, The Saints, which is an interesting one. The Raiders, which I don't see happening just because John Gruden is like whining and dining Derek Carr for whatever reason still. (laughs) And uh, the Chicago Bears, who have like one of, if not the worst offensive line in football. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a short list of, you know, and those teams really surprise me. Uh, the Saints, not so much, but like Dallas, I mean, yeah, they have weapons there. I, I just don't think Russell Wilson is a, a Cowboys guy. I just I think he's more like not directly in the spotlight type of guy, but I could be wrong. I don't know him, you know, whatsoever. Uh, I don't pretend like I, I hang out with this guy or drink <laughs> beers with this guy. So, um, yeah, I'm I mean, not a guy you probably want to either. I don't know, man. I, Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> No, <laughs> seems, seems in all honesty, seems like a very weird dude. What that surprises me, man. I think he's like, to me, he's, he seems extremely to me down to earth. But I, I could be, I could be way off. I mean, I, it, I all, it all just stems from that Mister Unlimited, Mister Unlimited video, and I won't play the clip because it'll burn the listeners' ears. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. I mean, no, yeah, that's I mean that's is. that's fair. That's fair. I, um. But yeah, the, those are the teams. That's what that's what basically the his agent has spilled the beans about. Uh, whether that's accurate, whether that's just blowing smoke, you know, I, I think there's at least a, some some truth to that. I think 
the, the Saints would be a, a great fit for Russell Wilson, in my opinion. I think if you if you pair, uh, you know, Russell Wilson with with Kamara, with uh, Michael Thomas, I mean, the defense was ranked, I think, ended up being top five. They were they, they were number one at one point last season. So um, I see that as like a dream scenario for Russell Wilson, uh, a team that has a great offensive line, too, for the most part. So, um, yeah, you can you can definitely uh, I definitely want to hear your input on those teams. But, you know, a couple of those teams are I, I would not no chance in hell go to if I'm if I'm Russell Wilson. Yeah, it, I agree. I, I think if, if you're Dak and the Cowboys and you're uh, um, shit, De- uh, Derek Carr, my goodness, can't remember his name. <laughs> Derek Carr for the Raiders, you're probably going to – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how could I forget his name? Uh, just, just sewered him completely last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if, <laughs> if you're those two guys, you kind of look at your phone and you're just wondering where the ricochet shot comes from when, you know, your fan base is just – you know, begging for another QB to come to your team. I think uh, kind of a tough one to take off the chin when you're just chilling in like Cancun or something, enjoying life in the off season. Uh, yeah. The saints, I think is a little bit weird to me. We can get the Drew Brees in a second. Uh, I saw the mayor of New Orleans was like doing or doing a dance or something or begging Russell Wilson to come to New Orleans. I'm not sure why you do that. You know, when you're kind of ushering a legend out, out of town, but I don't, they don't have the cap space either way, so I don't really think they could trade them unless they trade legitimately like half their team. Um, the Bears is an interesting one. Um, you know, if Ciara, his wife, and him are looking to get into better, better weather, uh, I don't think Chicago is, is the place to go. <laughs> Maybe from a media perspective, um, they'll get exposure, but it seems like, you know, nowadays, you know, I feel like those, the two of them get talked about a lot. Um, they're just in GQ. Um, I think they did a little couples article. Uh, not that I read GQ or the tabloids. It's just my sources are telling me that's what happened. Um, so from a media perspective, if you're looking to get some exposure, why not go to a New York? I know off air, Aaron, you mentioned the Giants and potentially trading Danny Dimes. I think that'd certainly be interesting. I know he has a couple of friends on the Giants. Um, but yeah, you know, if I'm picking one of those four teams that makes sense, um, you know, I, I guess Chicago, I, I think uh, they probably have the most cap space to play with um, really not tied down to a quarterback. Uh, I know the saints aren't either, but like I just mentioned, they're, in, they're in cap hell. Um, I, I also think they're an, an inept organization. I, I'd put them kind of on the level of like a, like a Texans or like a jets and like a dis, dysfunction um, tier. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Matt Nagy is a good coach, you know, really haven't seen him with a quarterback yet, you know, did some things with Foles, did some things at the end of the season with Trubisky. Uh, I just think they, they need a lot of, they need to figure out a lot of stuff, you know, with ownership, with the general manager, with the coaching staff, and then address their own roster. Um, so if, if I'm them giving up multiple, multiple first round picks, uh, it might set you back to get a guy who is already into his thirties. I believe I'm not sure how old Wilson is. Um, but if I'm picking a team that makes sense out of those four, it'd have to be the bears. And he, he does have the no trade clause. So I think he can kind of, um, he, he's from, he has a point of leverage, I think for sure. Uh, when, when, it, when it comes to picking where he wants to go, but I, I would say the bears. That That's a, yeah. I mean, from a logical standpoint, I wasn't even thinking the calf space, you know, Dan's always one step ahead of me. I'm like way back here and he's all like, about the money, all, all about the money, man. Money, money, money. That's what it comes down to. You know, it's, it's an entertainment business, but at the end of the day, it's a business. 
So, um, yeah, no, I may, maybe Russell Wilson to Chicago would, it would definitely, you know, liven things up in that division a little bit. I, you know, Chicago's kind of been um, one of the teams that's just the odd man out, you know, them in, in Minnesota last season. Yep. Um, but really, they're not, I'm not going to say they're a terrible team. Their defense is, is pretty loaded. Khalil Mack is like one of my favorite players in oh, the yeah. league. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, he definitely doesn't seem satisfied. And the fact that you bring up that, you know, Pete Carroll kind of dismissed him like he was a, a fly on the wall. That, that's that's kind of crazy to me. I mean, I, if I'm Pete Carroll, you know, I, I have a lot a lot to thank my success to, you know, Russell Wilson's success, obviously. And, you know, Pete Carroll's always kind of been a prick to me, in my opinion. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, in college, you know, I, I know he was getting away with quite, quite a lot at USC. He was kind of letting the boys do whatever they want, Reggie Bush included, you know, Matt Liner included. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't dislike Pete Carroll. I just think he's kind of from what I, from what I, the vibe I get from him, you know, seeing him on the sideline, it's, it's definitely his way or the highway. And he's just one of those people where it's like, you know, if he's yelling in my ear, I, I wouldn't respond well to it. Let me, let me put it to you that way. He's just, he's one of those, he's like a, one of those little yippy dogs, you know what I'm talking about? Like a chihuahua. <laughs> like he reminds me oh, of like, yeah. just annoying, you know, just, Always, always, always in your face. No, to, to me, it, it sounds like you're alluding to this as well. They kind of have a decision to make. Um, and I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks as a whole. On one hand, you have Pete Carroll, who has basically turned your organization around. To, you know, before he got there, I think they had some success. But until he you know, left USC, they weren't really a contender, obviously, until he came in the building, um, changed the culture around. Obviously, they got help by, you know, drafting Sherman, Chancellor, uh, Earl, uh, Earl Thomas, uh, Wilson, you know, Doug Baldwin, all these guys, DK Metcalf. Now they, they do, definitely have done a good job of drafting and, and retooling the organization. But um, at the end of the day, I think you need a leader and Pete Carroll has been that, but uh, maybe his overseas is welcome a little bit. So when it comes down to it, do you think they'll ultimately go with Pete Carroll or, or they'll go with Wilson? Because I really don't see at this point, uh, the two coexisting beyond, you know, a year or two longer. So I know Carol's getting up there in age, but do you think eventually they're going to have to make a decision between the two? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is repairable. You know, I kind of like think back to like the Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz thing. I, is it that bad? Probably not that to that level. And and obviously Seattle was, wasn't bad this past season at all. So I'm not going to say they're, they're like a, a franchise in turmoil, a franchise that needs to be flipped upside down. Um, but at the same time, you know, like you, like when you said this story is really like lingering and it's gaining steam, you know, that that's exactly right. I mean, that to me, like if this keeps going on for another week or so, like how are you going to bring back both of them and have them coexist and pretend like none of this happened? I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I think ultimately if one of them goes, I think it's going to be Russell Wilson just because it was really brought to the forefront that he wanted it out first. Um, you know, he's, he's unsatisfied with, with the GM, I, to my knowledge, he, you know, the, the way that they're protecting him as far as like the offensive line. And then, um, you know, him and Pete Carroll aren't, aren't seeing eye to eye or, or maybe they haven't for quite a while. So it, it's like multiple issues with Russell Wilson. It's probably just the issue of Pete Carroll, you know, being the, the dominant force there. Uh, that's causing some of the problems, but I think, you know, Pete Carroll ultimately probably works it out with the GM, with the owner, and probably if one of them's going to go, I think Russell Wilson's going to be the one to go. And 
I just think that would be kind of exciting to see. I, I love that Matt Stafford went to to the Raider or to the Rams. Excuse me. Um, can't forget about my boy Derek Carr. But uh, yeah, it's just um, yeah, that would, that would really shake things up in that division. And I'd love to see Russell Wilson and, and Rogers gun it out like twice a year. I, I'd love to see that more often. So um, I'm all for him going to Chicago. Like, why not at this point? I've never been a Seattle Seattle fan. It's cool they got the 12th man and everything, but um, just something about Seattle. I, I, I'd like to see him. I like Russell Wilson, so I want to see him succeed, but succeed elsewhere. Not not really there anymore. I'm, I'm cool with that. Hey, man, I, I feel you. I feel you. Rain, rains a lot there, um, but they did they did give us Starbucks, so uh, <laughs> I think that makes me even, even worse in my book. But um, all right, Watson and Wilson. Um, two all pro top five quarterbacks on the market. Uh, we, we've got into what we would deal Watson for what we would trade Watson for in the past. Um, now that these two are firmly, I would say on the market, um, if you could kind of put those terms on it, put that spin on it, would you give up more for one or the other? And, and what is sort of your starting point when you're looking to trade um, for one of these, or, or if you're the Texans or the Seahawks, what are you looking in return as, you know, for either of these guys. Yeah, that's that you, you hit me with a hard one. I mean, that that's hard hitting like, questions here on, on the really honest sports podcast. Always dude. It's, it's 11 o'clock uh, Eastern standard time here. And, and I think Daniel and I, both of our brains aren't, aren't on like exactly the, uh, you know, the best level they can, I can't even form this sentence. So that, that tells you a lot right there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, if, if I'm a GM, if I'm, if I'm going out trying to land one of these guys, it, it's going to take multiple first round picks, um, to what most likely, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's giving up less than that. So, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, I, I'd probably give up like, uh, it's hard for me to say this, but I, I'd probably say like three first round picks. I'd probably give up for, for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, probably worth it in the long run. I mean, yeah. As long as you can still surround him with pieces or you have pieces in place, then I would, I would pull the trigger. Uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't know if you, if he garners like another one, like if he gets a four, four first round picks, or if you do like three first round picks and like a decent player. So if you do, if you're like Carolina, I would make that, I would trade McCaffrey and, and three first round picks. I would do that just because the quarterback position is so important. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to get you to the promised land. I can tell you that right now. With all, with all due respect, I, I was, you know, him coming off the injury he did, you know, I'm rooting for him, but it's just too too competitive of a league for him to really, you know, I don't think he's going to go over the moon anytime soon. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to take at least three first-round picks, possibly a player for each of them. If I'm a GM in the right situation, like if I'm the Jets, I definitely give up three first-round picks and Sam Darnold for either one of them. I would do yeah. that to tomorrow morning I would as soon as the phones start ringing I'd, I'd make that happen um you're talking about like both these guys being generational talent um you know and, and being you know each of them are, are better one of the best at the the position itself so um at the quarterback position you're going to give up a lot to get one but um those two guys are special in there and they can definitely elevate you from from the level that you're you're currently at pretty quickly I would say no, that, that's interesting. So you would you would trade more, just a slightly bit more for Wilson than Watson. I think I would just at this. It's so difficult though because you can look at it like in the terms of Deshaun Watson's younger. 
Um, you know, right. maybe maybe we haven't even seen the best from him yet because he's only played like I think that was his fourth season. He just played, I want to say fourth or fifth. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, fourth, I, I believe. Yep. I think uh, you know, hit he's still the sky's the limit for that guy as far as like if you're he's on a good team. So um it's just hard for me to like Russell Wilson's been consistent for so long that it's like, you know, I know what I'm getting hundred percent. Not that I, I wouldn't with Deshaun. But uh, Russell Wilson is more experienced. He's played in the Super Bowl. I'd probably just pick Russell Wilson on on that, uh, just because of the experience at this point. But I'm I'm telling you right now, like either one of them, I'm taking in a heartbeat, and either one of them, I'd I'd give up almost you know equal value for. Yeah, no, like like you said, um, there, there's really not a, a wrong answer there. I, I personally, I think I would. I'd trade, I would, I would offer more for Watson than Wilson. Um, one, I, like you said, he's younger. Uh, two, I think he did more with less than, than a lot of quarterback. I mean, I, legitimately, I, I'm, I'm an unbiased person here, even though there's an outside chance the Jets could get Watson. I, I think he had one of the best seasons in NFL history in terms of a, a quarterback, just, just with how little he had to play with. I mean, we got into it. Like he he's playing with guys that could even make the Jets roster two years ago, which is if you can't make the Jets roster, I'm not really sure why you're in the NFL, much less why are you catching passes? Why do you have the honor of catching passes from Deshaun Watson is just beyond me. Um, in terms of your trade for, you know, three first round picks and a player, I think that's absolutely fair. I would not go more than that though. Uh, I certainly wouldn't go a fourth first round pick. I wouldn't go, three first round picks and two decent players, you know, maybe I do three first round picks, a player and a pick swap, maybe a late round pick swap just for shits and giggles. Uh, just, just to, you know, tuck you in at night. But um, yeah, I, I think when you're talking about Watson led the league in passing um, statistically had one of the best seasons of all time in NFL history uh, really didn't have any receivers. Doesn't have a great offensive line outside of Laramie Tunsil uh, defense was atrocious and continually put him, uh, in terrible spots last year. If you look at if you look at Russell Wilson and, and the team around him, I just think he had more on defense also, but 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 also with with offense and and DK Metcalf to boot. Um, running game not great uh, considering that's Pete Carroll's specialty. So uh, I mean they just hired Anthony Lynn, who was a former running backs running backs coach uh, to be their offensive coordinator, I believe. So you know that doesn't bode well for. Uh, for Russell Wilson in the future there in, uh, in Seattle. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, not, not every day that a top five quarterback becomes available. And then if we could, you know, see two potentially be traded in one off season, in the same off season, I think it had to go down as the craziest, uh, you know, probably off season that we, that, that I've personally seen in my lifetime. Yeah, no, I mean, from, from what I heard too, is Deshaun Watson basically said, I'm, I'm never wearing that Jersey again. So uh, you know, in reference to the Texans. So, I mean, he's definitely not happy. I, I think they have to move him. Um, and, and hopefully it happens within the next couple of weeks, just because, you know, like we said, the longer they wait, um, you know, it's not going to be good for what they get back. Uh, and this is an organization that lost, you know, now one of the best at it, you know, in his prime, JJ Watt, one of the best players on, on defense, they lost probably, you know, if not the best receiver, one of the top three receivers in football, um, and now you're going to lose, you know, one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best younger quarterbacks in the league. So um, they've got to get back, you know, at least what they're offering for him, I would say, and and get it back, you know, in a pretty quick fashion because 
like we, you know, like we said a couple of times and like I already said a couple of times, like the longer you wait, you know, if you get rid of this guy for just a first round pick and a player, like that's, that's robbery in my opinion. Like he is worth quite a bit in this league and, and just to bring up, yeah, the stats last year, 33, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, uh, passer rating of 112 uh, on a team. Like, like Dan said, there hardly anybody was a elite weapon or even a, a great weapon at, at that point. So um, yeah, definitely just a, a stud and, and no doubt about that. He can, he can lead your team in the right direction going forward. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. There, there is some doubt though. Um, Surrounding the Washington football team, um, flawless transition, if I might say so myself. Beautiful. Uh, your boy Jeff Bezos, who owns the entire universe uh, and might as well own an NFL team, uh, is looking to buy the Washington football team. Um, I don't believe they're for sale. I think uh, Dan Snyder currently has final say in that department. I know that they've been under some sanctions, obviously, with um, some sexual harassment rumors and, and a bunch of their partners are willing, are, are looking to sell uh, some stakes in the team. Uh, I mean, off the top of your head, knee jerk reaction, spit take. What do we think of Jeff Bezos getting into the NFL ownership? Uh, it's interesting. I'll say that, like, you know what I mean? That a preference with that. I don't know if I love it just because um, Jeff, you know, much credit to Jeff Bezos. You know what I mean? He, he's, if not one of the best, businessman of all time, you know, he's in the business hall of fame. Let's put it that way uh, for what he's done with Amazon. But uh, you know, I don't know if I love that for the NFL, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's just something about it. rubs me a little bit the wrong way. Um, you know, maybe he turns him into a winner, but I, I think he's one of those people where he's going to be another, not, not Jerry Jones as far as being in front of the media, but I think he's uh he's been told like, I'm, I, I do everything right my whole life pretty much since Amazon blew up. Um, and that can actually backfire on him if he comes into the NFL and thinks he knows how to run an NFL franchise after, you know, never owning one before. Um, you know, that's just my, like my gut feeling, my, my hot take on it. But, um, you know, you bring up that they're not for sale. I'm not going to say I disagree with you there, but I think everything has a price tag and, you know, if anybody can, can shell it out, it's, it's Jeff Bezos. And if he wants it bad enough, he'll, he'll, he'll acquire it. And, you know, we'll just, we'll sit back and watch and see what happens as far as that ownership goes. Um, but uh, I'll bring up, a, I'll bring up another n- a name real quick for you. I hope, uh, I hope Gary V buys the Jets within, uh, it's 2021. I, I hope he yep. buys them within, you know, before 2030. I think that would be awesome if I, I'm rooting for Gary V to buy the Jets. Gary, Gary V is a legend. Uh, and we'll, we'll circle back with WFT here in a second. Gary V buys every single Jersey um, of every single Jets play every season. So this is before camp cuts before preseason games, before game one, he'll buy your third string long snapper. He'll buy the third kicker in camp. He'll buy everybody. Apparently he's saving all the jerseys until one day he buys the Jets. He's just going to hang them all in the training facility uh, kind of throughout the practice field and just, have a shrine of former Jets players or for at least former I don't even I don't even know if you can call them players. I think you can call them like Jets participants. Or, you know <laughs> you get a participation trophy. Some of those might have to be, you know, some of those jerseys might have to be customized on NFLshop.com. But <laughs> Gary V is a legend. Uh probably the the number one Jets fan out there in terms of media. Maybe uh a Mike Greenberg or Rich Eisen, if you will I'll give you those names. But um, if there's anyone out there who I would like to own the Jets, it would certainly be Gary V. 
Uh, yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought. I never knew that, and you know, I'll keep it keep it short and simple. I never knew that about Gary V. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's like you talk about like dedication and, and diehard fans like that. You know, even if I had all the money in the world, I probably wouldn't do that for the Eagles. I'll be honest with you right now. That's that might be like he's obsessed even more so than than you know you and I. I mean, that that's yeah. But uh, more power to him. I mean. If you're if you're a Jets fan, you you definitely are have loyalty ingrained into you, uh, just because of obviously the the hardships they've gone through. I'll, I'll put it to you that way, and you know, more power to him. I, I think he will eventually own the Jets. I just think he's gonna like manifest that because of who he is. Um, but yeah, I know that's that's great to know, and that, that's a that's a cool uh, cool little tidbit there for sure. Yeah, I certainly hope so. He's he's also good friends with the Jets' current ownership, and he's been around the organization a little bit. So he has good ties there overall. I think if, if the Johnsons were ever looking to sell, uh, I think it would certainly be a natural fit. But, yeah, he's he's a hard worker, man. He's the son of immigrants, and I think he became a Jets fan because he was in elementary school and someone, you know, they lived in the New York, New Jersey area, and someone asked him who his favorite football team was, and he – just said Jets because that was the only team he really knew of at the time. Um, and then he asked his mom when he got home uh, if, she, if she could, like, knit him, like, a Jets sweater. Uh, and, like, she did, and he still has that, like, sweater today and worn it, like, throughout his childhood and stuff like that before he, like, got rich and famous and, and you know, all, all this good stuff. So Gary V, man, not to go off on a Gary V tangent. <laughs> uh, you know, we go on a lot of tangents here in this pod, but anytime you can talk Gary V, I'm always down. Yeah, I mean, he, he's voiced it for years. And, you know, once again, another fact I didn't know. Uh, if, if you want to know something about Gary V, you should call into this show and, and definitely into Dan's, you know, actual phone number itself. Cause like apparently he's an encyclopedia for, for <laughs> Gary V. So, yeah. Awesome. Hey, maybe, maybe I should spend my time, uh, you know, actually preparing for this podcast instead of looking at random Gary V stories. But hey, here no, we are. What, what you're doing is working. That's what I said. Um, Aaron, I do want to transition here a little bit. Um, we are, I think, going to try out this new thing in this podcast where we kind of end the show with a bunch of quick hitting topics uh, for the folks. You know, a couple storylines here and there, give our take, get in, get out, um, and kind of see how it sticks. Um, so, Aaron, the first sort of topic slash story I had for you, um, and, and I, know, I know I just said this, this um, you know, segment would be quick hitters, and it's kind of like a – a longer story, but I think it is interesting for for the listeners to kind of hear about. Uh, but are you aware of this uh, the story surrounding Nike right now? I I know a little bit just because uh, you cued me in a little bit, but uh, I definitely would like to to hear it. And I don't I think the listeners are ch- are chopping at the bit to hear it, so I'm well, all about yeah. it. Hey, you know if if they're champing at the bit, I'm champing at the bit too. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna read this blurb from from Business Week. Uh, they broke the story. It's Bloomberg Business Week. Uh, if you're familiar with the resale shoe market, the sneakers app, uh, StockX, all that good stuff. Obviously, it's crazy business. Um, all the Nike shoes that that are released are very exclusive, and uh, they basically did a profile of this kid called West Coast Shoes. Um, College dropout, uh, really owning the the resale shoe market makes multiple, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars each month. Um, has his own warehouse, uh, all over Instagram, all over Twitter, reselling shoes uh, in a quick fashion. Um, came out last week. I'm gonna read this report. Uh, Nike Inc. executive Ann Herbert abruptly left the company following a Bloomberg Business Week report about her son 
operating a business, reselling sneakers and using a credit card in her name. Herbert, who served as vice president and general manager of North American Nike, departed Monday, effective immediately, Nike said in a brief statement. Uh, she'd been in the role since last June, overseeing sales and all that good stuff. Uh, Bloomberg Businessweek uh, explored the story of Joe Herbert uh, and son. College dropout makes a living as a sneaker reseller. Uh, known to his customers as West Coast Joe, uh, started reselling streetwear in high school and now flips hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of shoes each month. Uh, the report revealed he used a credit card in Ann's name to purchase sneakers for his resale business, West Coast Streetwear, uh, and it spent more than $100,000 on the card to buy limited edition shoes and flip-flops and flip them uh, for profit. Basically, Bloomberg was going around doing a story on a lot of the, the shoe resellers in the industry, the shoe, the shoe reselling business in general. Uh, West Coast Show was someone they profiled. Uh, basically one, one day, this guy, Joe called the reporter from his cell phone. His cell phone was in his mom's plan, his mom's name and Herbert, who was a Nike exec. The reporter looked up her name, um, and then found that, oh, like this lady is a Nike executive. That's kind of fishy. Um, and then again, I guess after looking into more of his business and his profile and things like that, Joe had actually sent him. Uh, a couple of, you know, his things about his LLC and things like that. And his LLC was actually in her name as well. The credit card was in her name too. Bloomberg published this report, basically just as a footnote in this article. And then a week later, uh, this girl, and there's a lady, I should say, Ann Herbert, Joe's mom, ends up resigning and stepping down from Nike. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Nuts. To talk about you know, the, the giants fall down or however you say it, dude, I, I'm running out of expressions. I'm really, I'm really slipping here on the expressions and the, uh, on the things to say as far as, uh, you know, that goes, but you know, that just all around sucks for, uh, you know, I would say her more so than, than, than him even just because he like threw her under the bus as far as like, you know, ratting her out as far as, She's a Nike employee, um, and now everybody knows it and basically dismissed as an employee effective immediately. I mean, that's just uh, – I don't know. I don't know how awkward is that, like, dinner table at, you know, an evening after oh. a, a, a day of, of that nonsense. That that just sucks all around. I mean, and now, obviously, I, I don't think he's going to have – you know, I don't know if he'll be able to sell shoes at all. Like, if he's got inventory, I, like, you know what I mean? I, it's like right. – it's a limited time. Uh, limited time space on, on his success in that, in that business still, you know, at this point. So um, yeah, that, that's just, that's shitty all the way around, no matter how you look at it. And I just think he, he was probably young and dumb and, and just not thinking that, you know, how serious the, the matter is. And now uh, his mom doesn't have a job with Nike. So that's just not cool. That sucks. Fumble, fumbled his bag, fumbled his mom's bag, you know, overall fumbled fumbled the bag all around but fun fun little story for for the folks it, it, i think it also just gives a peek in the uh, behind the curtain to the the shoe the shoe resale market in in total I, it, a part of that report too said that they, you know a lot of these resellers they program bots to like jump on the, the shoe releases like that like as soon as they drop they jump on the release and and get the shoes right. for them for them to flip at a higher profit so it just shows the entire system is rigged which sucks for the fans of, of shoes or the shoebies out there, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, <clears throat> a former coworker of mine tried to like, he got me in there and like every time, like if, if it was a slow day at, at the office or at the job, like it was 
like 10 a.m. And, and we'd be like, all right, we got to get on that shoe release just to, yeah. to try and flip it. And I can't tell you, I think he won one out of like 20, 25 entries that he went into. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with the app. I'm familiar with how it works, but, and definitely familiar with the bot system. Um, you know, it, that's a third party thing. So those bots are like bought from another source and then right. implemented in the app. And I mean, for the, for the person that thought about the bot as an idea, that's genius. Um, but the fact yes. that, that Nike allows it, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting the paper trail and, you know, people are going to get the shoes no matter what, but, um, you know, it, it is rigged. It is a system that, you know, for the common person, like, like Dan and I, you know, it's going to be a lot harder if we don't have a, a, a bot to, to really place the order for us. And that's just, you know, that's, that's not fair. And that, that doesn't allow for the, for the common man to have any type of success, you know, at least sustained success in, in trying to, you know, be in that market. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense why that kid was successful. If his mom w- was tied in with Nike, I'm sure there was, um, you know, things that he got around that, that the average person wouldn't either, as far as getting those shoes into his hands. Yeah, just unfortunate, just unfortunate. But one uh, one Nike story to the next. I know you have a little bit of a Tiger update uh, for the people. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, a few, a few, if if not like four or five, I want to say. I think um, Roy McIlroy was one of them. Uh, I want to say Phil was another one. I could I could be wrong on that. Don't don't uh, but don't you know tear me to shreds on golf because that's probably. I probably know a tad bit more about golf than hockey, but that, you know, that, that says nothing about my knowledge at all. So, um, <laughs> you know, anyways, it was like Roy McIlroy, I think was one Phil Mickelson. There were, there were a few others, uh, you know, rocking the, the red, the red tees, the red button ups uh, this past Sunday for, you know, to honor Tiger Woods to basically, you know, pay tribute to, to Tiger Woods uh, just because of the, obviously the, the crash last week and, you know, the hardships he's going through uh, with, with basically two broken legs um, just coming off of, you know, the more and more, you know, I hear about this story and, and the more and more I just sit there and think about it. Like this guy has been through more surgeries than, you know, definitely some MLB players and, you know, probably, probably on average, I think he's had, this was his fifth back surgery. You know, that's probably like right. NFL style, you know, injury report right there uh, for a career. So um, you know, just a guy that I, I genuinely feel bad for at this point in his career. He's he's about 45 years old, and you know, coming off a horrific crash. No matter no matter what happened and, and whose fault it is, it's it's just a such an unfortunate thing. And you know, he did he did tweet out that he was appreciative of of all those that that rocked the shirts and uh, you know paid paid homage to him. But um, you know, at the end of the day, Tiger Woods makes golf go round and. You know, without Tiger Woods, I don't think golf would have the exposure it does today. Uh, so, you know, these, these players do have, you know, him to thank for, for all that exposure and for all that attention. So, you know, it's only right to pay tribute. It's just, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know, wearing those shirts isn't going to bring him back to, to golfing anytime sooner. And that's at the end of the day, not to be, to be negative about the situation, but, you know, we're at least a year, a year and a half from what I hear at the earliest we see him on a golf course again. So it's just going to be a long road and, and I hope he can come back and, and be competitive, but uh, just, just such a, a, such a shame. And of all, you know, I don't wish it on anybody, but for, for the face of golf to, to go down the way he did, at least for the time being, it, it just sucks in general. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it is brutal. Yeah, it was also nice to see, though, that, that his former uh, – no, not former. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. His, his current competition, uh, you know, his friends in, in the sport, um, players throughout the sport. It, it was PGA, LPGA, senior to like everybody, I think, was kind of honoring Tiger in some way. Some people had the red shirts, like you said. Uh, some guys had, you know, Tiger shoes, uh, you know, TW initials on their hats. Uh, so just really nice tributes all the way around. Um, it's it's interesting though. I you know came out in the report that uh, he might have been asleep or or somehow unconscious during the crash. The the road he was on kind of takes a turn towards the right, I believe, and he ended up going straight just into what he ended up colliding in you know into. Um, so it, it's kind of crazy. The details kind of spill out more and more. But you know, I feel like everyone's going to psychoanalyze those to to the death and. To be honest, I think we should just be grateful that, you know, yes, he, he is alive uh, on the mend for sure. You know, he gets to spend time with his kids and his family now, which I think is the more important thing in this matter. And obviously it's something that it, that is overlooked in, in times like this. And like you said, who knows when we'll see him back on the golf course. Uh, he is 45, 46, I believe, like we talked about last week. So to come back from, you know, two severe leg injuries, other injuries, you know, I'm sure he got concussed along the way. I'm sure he's dealing with a lot of different, different stuff at this point. Um, but yeah, hopefully some point too, he, he can get back out there. Yeah. No, you, you know, that's a, that's a better viewpoint than I, I was too negative with mine. You, you mentioned that he's obviously alive. That That's obviously the biggest thing. I mean, you know, it could have been worse. It could have been, uh, you know, a situation like Kobe Bryant, I hate to bring that up, but, but we did last, last pod and, you know, he's alive. It's just how long is it going to be till we see him on a golf course? That's, that's the million dollar question right now, but um, yeah, just hope, hope for a speedy recovery. And I'm, I'm sure it's taking a toll on him mentally, not being able to, to really get out there and swing a golf club. But um, yeah, that's, that's really all I can say about that at this point. Awesome. Um, Aaron, let's, uh, Let's cap it off here. Let me uh I'm gonna pull up my picks of the week. Give me a couple. We'll continue the gambling talk here a little bit this week for the people. Uh I think we're gonna we're gonna start to keep track as well of of the show's picks and, and kind of provide our record updates kind of as we, as we go week by week. So I love any, it. Any sport uh doesn't matter. It could be a prop bet, it could be a game, it could be money line, it could be spread. Uh Aaron, give give me a couple picks of the week uh for the for the people. Damn, you put put me on the spot. Hey, not, nothing wrong with that. Put, putting you on the spot. I can I can go first if you'd like. I'm dude. I'm at a loss for words right now. Let, let me gather. Let me gather everything going on in my head, and I'm I'm gonna let you release the, the kraken on everybody with with your it. with your picks here first. I'm not gonna lie to you, folks. That's bad hosting on my part. Um, <laughs> when you're pass, when you're snapping the puck around to your co-host, uh, the the last thing you want to do is set him up for failure. That's exactly what I did. Uh, but I but I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead here. Uh, have a couple of hockey picks for, for you all. I'm gonna go NHL. I'm gonna go KHL as well. No one knows what the KHL is, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that in a second. Um, tomorrow night we're recording Tuesday, so as you're listening to this, it would be tonight on a Wednesday. Couple games going on. A uh, couple games. Um, we have the Washington Capitals playing at the Boston Bruins. I believe it's in prime time, Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Bruins are favored by a goal and a half. I'm going to take the money line. 
uh, minus 140 right now. Um, the Rangers smoked them last week, six to two. The night before that, the Islanders smoked them seven to one. This is a team that overall really has only like five or six losses, all to the Rangers and the Islanders. Uh, I think they bounce back heavy here. Uh, they came back the other day and beat the Rangers pretty handily. I think they're going to run into a hot streak here. So I'm going to take the money line at home against the Capitals uh, Wednesday, the March 3rd at 7 p.m. Um, going into some other hockey stuff here, KHL, as I mentioned, KHL is a Russian hockey league, uh, widely regarded as the second best hockey league in the world. Some would argue that's the AHL. I would argue it's the KHL. They're in their playoffs this week. Um to be honest with you, this league is like so rigged. Uh, <laughs> it's owned by like Russian oil billionaires and Putin has a couple of teams that he owns and things like that. So really any team that, that you see favored, I would hammer them in regulation. The regulation bet's going to be different than the overall money line bet. Money line is just for them to win um, in regulation, overtime, shootout, all that good stuff. So really any team, you know, like, locomotive uh, i would take uh i would take csk moscow which is like the best team over there so this, this is just all background information that no one really needs to know but to be honest with you sometimes these owners come down from the from the box if you know their team gets a penalty they'll go ahead and pay the refs or threaten the refs families and things like that so <laughs> if there was ever a league that was going to be rigged it's certainly the khl um so i would really just kind of lean heavily on teams that are favored uh, uh in that league but um, and and we'll, I'll certainly mix it up to, to some other, um, some other things like that, but uh, uh, you know, basketball, maybe, you know, a couple, couple things like that next week, but uh, yeah, that's uh, those, those are my picks of the week. Dude, I'm, I'm taking, I think I'm going to take like at least half my savings and just whatever Dan says about either the NHL or the KHL, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing it right at it. I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell. I, I don't know if I could name all the teams in the NHL for that matter. So <laughs> I, I'm taking what he's saying to the bank. This this guy eats, breathes, sleeps hockey. So um, 100%. I'm 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 on board with with what you're saying. I, I have no doubt in my mind that you have your you have your expertise. You have your reasoning behind all those picks, and the fact that 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 sport that you know KHL is rigged. That's kind of funny to me. It's just. I don't know. It's, it's insanity, but, um, you know, it is what it is. You can't do nothing about it, I guess. But um, I got, I got a couple for you. I, I'm going out on the first pick. I, I'm, we're going, we're switching to the hardwood, um, you know, going a little basketball on you, but um, I don't know how confident I am in this, but I, I at least have some reasoning behind it. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Cavaliers to kind of oh. upset the Pacers oh. uh, only because of, Cleveland Cavaliers uh, just two games back beat Philly uh, in overtime in Philly. Um, Colin Sexton is, is becoming like a serious problem. The guard, uh, just an extremely fast player. Uh, definitely a fan. I, I've seen a couple of games he's played this year, and he definitely you know pops when you watch him on the screen. He, he just passes all the eye tests. Um, everything about his his game is electrifying, and I just I like the kid so. I'm going to take Cleveland Cavaliers on the money line. Uh, they're plus 195 on the, for the game. Wow, you're taking uh, money line. Wow. I'm taking money. I'm, t- I'm taking it to the, to the bank. Uh, Pacers lost uh, again. They Pacers lost against Philly last game, 130 to 114. And then the game before 110 to 107 to the Knicks. Uh, so obviously just a team that it is struggling a little bit last couple of games. They then, lost the Celtics and then before that lost to the Warriors. So 
four game four game losing streak. Uh, and they got kind of ran out of the building by the Sixers the other night. So uh, the Pacers just really don't have that many people on offense. They have Doug McDermott, if, if that, you know, is familiar to you from the Cleveland days. Uh, you know, three-point specialist. They got Miles Turner, uh, center, you know, decent player, not not bad, but, you know, nothing to, you know, if, you, if I never mentioned his name again, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Drew Holiday, decent player. No, nobody that stands out on that team that, that poses a threat that, that could go off against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I, I just look for the Cleveland Cavaliers to win that game um, on the money line. The, the spread's at, at six. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover the spread even. I, I really wouldn't. I just think the Cavaliers are, are a better team than the Pacers, at least at the current moment. I think the, the Cavaliers are playing better basketball than, than the Pacers are. Uh, and then I have a really, really interesting one. Uh, this is a Utah. I'll, I'll do one more here for the, for the boys. Uh, Utah Jazz and the Sixers. Um, basically, the point spread is only two and a half on this game. Um, definitely an interesting one. You got uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons against, uh, you know, you got Donovan Mitchell and you got, I'm drawing a blank, uh, man. It's, it's this late show. I'm blaming the late show tonight and it's all my fault <laughs> for the, uh, for the late show, but uh, Rudy Gobert, that's who I was trying to, that's who I was trying to talk about Rudy Gobert. So um, definitely electrifying players on, on both sides of the, of the coin there. You look at it. Um, Utah jazz are, or I'm sorry, Philly is favored in this game. Uh, it's, but very close. Like I said, money, uh, Point spread is very close in this in this one. Uh, I'm gonna go out on the limb. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the, the Sixers take care of this one. Uh, I'm real I'm really split though. I, I just I feel like Donovan Mitchell could could go off for a big game. I just have a, a gut feeling, but I think Rudy Gobert gets uh, put in check by Joel Embiid. I think he's not. He turns into like a non-factor in most Clamps of the game. Clamps them up, and I think Joel Embiid has another one of those games where you know people are, are thinking about giving him the MVP title this season. Uh, so I just I look for Philly to at least win the game, um, most likely cover the spread as well. I, I just think in a spread that that's it, when it's that close, I, I just look for the for the Sixers to, to at least win by about three points, um, probably by about four or five in the la- you know last minute or so, but. Uh, Jazz are, are definitely a fun team to watch. Uh, the last thing I'll say about that is I think they're either on pace to, to hit more threes than the Warriors did, uh, and they're basically their their seventy three and nine season or seventy three and seven or whatever it might be a couple of years back. But um, Jazz can shoot the ball for days, so that's definitely going to be something to watch uh, in that in that contest. No, that's uh, and, and both both those games are tomorrow night, Aaron. Wednesday the third, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Tomorrow night. Perfect. No, that's uh, hey. If there was ever a fantastic gambling breakdown, that that was one of them. Um, so, <laughs> a couple of picks in hockey, couple couple of picks in, in basketball. I think uh, certainly cover the range there. Yeah, we you know once baseball starts up, we can certainly get into that. Maybe we'll get into you know some other some other uh, sports as well as, as they kind of come up. But Aaron, I think I think that that takes us takes us home for for this show. Um, Two weeks out from NFL free agency, the legal tamping period, all that good stuff. So I think next week it, it makes sense for us to have a full uh, NFL free agency preview. Uh, we'll get into some Jets targets, get get into some potential Eagles targets as well. 
um, kind of get a state of the union of where each team uh, kind of stands and what their needs are going into free agency. And then, uh, you know, obviously that impacts what they're going to do in the draft and kind of the rest of the off season as well, but really a, a sport that obviously never sleeps uh, starting to become like, like the NBA. Obviously this is a, and I feel heavy show due to, to Mr. Wilson and Mr. Watson not being happy. Uh, so we'll certainly take the free content on this podcast and we'll parlay that into more free content. Uh, so stay tuned next week uh, for, for, for our uh, NFL free agency breakdown, among other topics. But uh, Aaron, why don't you uh, take us home? Yeah, as always, um, you know, appreciative for the listeners. I know I can speak for myself as far as not being uh, put together as well. Uh, this time around for me, I was kind of fumbling the ball left and right like a like a tiki bar tiki barber back in the day. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, always appreciative for the uh, the viewership, you know, the listeners, and and uh, yeah, we're just gonna keep hitting you with with some you know topics that we feel are important, and you know, I I think we're gonna nail those bets down to, and, and be undefeated going into next week. I love it. Take us home.